Welcome back to the Range Minded Podcast. This is episode 223. Yes, the wonderful Remington 223, whatever. Anyways, in this episode, it's Thanksgiving time, but we're not going to talk about Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about uh, carrying a gun, and we're going to talk about a sweet news story that just broke from NBC. It's awesome. Anyways, we talk about that and maybe a little bit more in this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. Enjoy. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be. Welcome back to the Range Minded Podcast. As ever, it's your humble host, Steve Zimmerman, uh, and excited to be with you. And can you believe how close it is getting to the end of 2023? Uh, I'm recording this on the 21st. of November, which is crazy. Where in the hell has this year gone? Uh, I, I, if you might get bored and want to listen to, to New Year's resolution show that we do every year, honestly, and you get to hear uh, what I want to do for a year, well, I'll tell you one more time. Uh, as as was twenty twenty two, I did not get too far on my on my resolutions. I promise that's my chair squeaking in the background. I promise. <laughs> I'm just kind of situating myself. Also, you might hear some um, girls being loud upstairs. I'm down in the dungeon in the uh, in the studio vault down here. It doesn't matter how insulated my house is. Uh, it's Christmas season. My daughters are watching stupid Christmas shows or something on, on TV. Um, and they're loud. They're teenagers. Uh, and if you have teenage girls, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's an adventure um, every Every day is an adventure. Anyways, we're not here to talk about me. We're actually here to talk about you. You people. You wonderful, gun-toting, crazy, extremist, fundamental, constitutional right. Just nuts out there. You you crazy, crazy, red-hat-wearing freaks. You guys are awesome. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, why do I say that? Well, for starters, you live, well, most of you listening, live in the greatest country on earth. Now, I know that might be excluding uh, other wonderful countries. Uh, I know we got listeners in Australia. We have some listeners in France. Um, I've even looked at some of the analytics. We have listeners uh, in Africa, like all these other places. Yes, I understand your countries are beautiful. I lived in Australia for a couple of years. It is a beautiful country. Don't get me wrong. But by damn, I love the freedom and the rights that we have in this country. It doesn't always feel free, but our constitutionally, our constitution definitely dictates freedoms um, for its citizens. Now, it's easy to argue and easy to see that uh, some of those seem like infringements. Uh, some of those rights, I should say, are are being infringed as we may see it. But uh, I don't want to live anywhere else, honestly. It's a beautiful country. I live in Idaho. It's a damn beautiful state, no matter how cold it gets. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. Idaho is terrible. You don't want to move here anymore. Californians, Texans, and other people, stop moving here. North Dakota is completely open and and free for uh, other people to move in there. There's tons of room, I promise. I live there too. North Dakota. Check it out. Sorry, North Dakota. What what are the things I wanted to talk about today? There was a couple things that that uh that that I really 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 wanted to talk about. 
Uh, one of the things about being a, a dad and a husband, um, a firearms educator, a business owner, um, just an all around freak, I guess, is I get to observe everybody all the time, no matter where I'm at. That's just something I do. Um, I, I don't even remember what class I was in. Uh, it had been years ago. We, we, when I first got really introduced to the point of paying attention to the world around me. Um, and now it is almost a burden to me in a way, not really, it's not a burden, but it's almost to the point of weird. Right. Um, and, and some of you completely understand what I'm talking about. Once you understand Colonel Cooper's color codes, you take a good concealed carry class um, and you talk about situational awareness, you start to change your mindset and you notice more things. That's good in the long run, right? It's good. But because you're paying attention to the world around you, you see things that, uh, that tend to frustrate you a lot, a lot. And this is something I want to talk about. Last, uh, it had to have been Friday, last Friday, um, the kids, all, all the girls, my, my children, they went to the in-laws, they hung out at the in-laws. So my wife and I had the house to ourselves. Now I know what you may be thinking. Keep your, keep your minds out of the gutter and out of my bedroom. None of that happened. It never does. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. So I took my wife to dinner. I didn't have to worry about feeding the kids because the mother-in-law is taking care of that. So that saved me a bunch of money. So we go to a restaurant not too far from here, one that we haven't been to in quite a while. Um, it's a famous chain restaurant. I don't need to name what it is. Um, but whenever we go out to eat, I always get a steak. I love steak. Uh, man is meant to eat uh eat beef right we're meant to eat beef damn it uh, i'm not gonna eat bugs no matter how hard they try anywho uh so i order my steak well we gotta backtrack a little bit uh while we're waiting there was about a 40 minute wait which tends to be what happens here in southeast idaho because all these people are moving here from other states and taking up our precious restaurant space uh while we're waiting uh, to be seated, mind you, there was tons of free seats in this place. Just they can't hire people to work anymore. Uh, I noticed this dad and uh, and I think it was three young children and his spouse came in to put their name on the list. Nothing wrong with that. Um, because I spend so t much time in the classroom and I talk about carrying firearms. I noticed that this individual, this fine young man, this protector of, a, of his family was carrying a gun. Now you might say, Steve, how do you know this individual is concealed carrying? And I'll tell you how I know, um, because it wasn't very concealed. Now there's nothing wrong with open carry. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm okay with, with people carrying firearms. I'm totally cool with it. As long as they know how to use it, uh, I'm totally cool. But here is my issue. And maybe he listens to the show and maybe he remembers being at a specific restaurant um, on Friday night uh, in Southeast Idaho. How did I know this individual was, was carrying his gun? Well, I just told you it was open carry, but I don't think he meant it to be open carry. In fact, this individual was carrying small of the back, 
not my preferred method of carry and not the official method of carry to the range minded podcast, mind you. This individual was carrying outside the waistband. Again, totally cool. Small at the back. Okay, we're kind of coming down a couple notches. Here's the problem with this individual. He was carrying an appendix holster meant to go inside the waistband, right hand draw. But it was on the outside of his belt, small of his back. Now, I don't know. I Let, let me be fully honest with how I started my journey in carrying guns. I, too, began my carry process, my journey in carrying guns years ago, carrying in the small of the back. I don't know if it was Magnum PI or Miami Vice um, or Hunter, if you guys can remember way back in the day, or Die Hard or any of the cool guys back in the, I guess it wasn't Miami Vice, huh? He had a, he had a chest, a chest holster that he wore under suit. I digress. So small, small, the back was the cool guy carry, right? It was totally awesome. It didn't take me long in my firearms carrying journey to realize how terrible small, the back carry really is. Um, it's, it's a pain in the butt. You can't drive. There's no point in carrying small, the back if you're driving, cause you will never be able to access your firearm, let alone you're putting pressure on your back. It's extremely uncomfortable. If you go anywhere in public and you sit down, your shirt or jacket is going to rise up behind the grip of that gun, and you're going to see it no matter what. And maybe that's exactly what happened to this particular individual. Again, I have no qualms with him carrying at all. In fact, I felt safer knowing that there was somebody else that I could hopefully trust, say, if something may have arisen. Um at that particular restaurant. But folks, please, especially new shooters, if you're new to firearms, if you're new to carrying um, concealed, please spend some time um, talking with uh, either friends, people in the industry, going to a, a, a gun shop, going to the range, be honest with people at the range or at, at, at whatever place, sorry, not at the range, but wherever you might be asking about methods of carry, be honest. Hopefully the people that you inquire will be respectful, will be honest, and will help you on answering your questions. If you want to ask me questions about carrying a gun, again, I have been a firearms educator for many, many years. I have taught hundreds of students from five years old to whatever, 85, 90 years old. I have taught old women how to shoot and it is not my favorite, but I have. Okay. I have taught young, young kids, not my own children. Um, when I worked in the range Nile falls, we had a, a children's shooting class. I helped teach that class. I have helped young, young kids. Okay, I know what I'm talking about. I'm confident in saying that I know what I'm talking about. When you start your carrying journey, understand or get to understand what different holsters do and how they should be carried. I highly do not recommend 
small of the back carry. Now you're going to hear, I don't know if it's hyperbolic or what it is. You're going to hear people saying that, well, you never carry small of the back uh, just for the fact if you slip on your stairs and you fall, um, that gun is going to break some of your vertebra and it's going to paralyze you. I don't know if that's true or not. I guess I could see how that would make sense. But for me and the security of my firearm, my life-saving device, I do not want any unauthorized users to access that firearm. I cannot 100% maintain protection and retention of that gun when I carried it small to the back. And I started to understand that. Again, some of the other reasons I, I mentioned before, driving is, is awful. It's pointless if you're carrying small to the back. Okay, you can rotate. Um, my, my carry style, I, we've talked about this on the show before, went from 6 o'clock or small to back. Uh, you can imagine the, the numbers on the clock. Mine started at 6 o'clock, small to back being 6 o'clock position, and it migrated counterclockwise until it ended up at appendix carry. Now, I get it. We've talked about this before. <sighs> Appendix carry can be intimidating to a lot of people, especially dudes. Okay, I 100% get it. Because I have been there. I've had those concerns. But as I spent time on the range, as I spent time learning and teaching, because I learn every time I teach a class, I've realized that the benefits, at least for me, to carry appendix um, outweigh the negatives. Now, we can talk about if you're carrying with a suit or if the ladies out there are carrying in like formal dress wear or whatever. Some of those methods may have to change. I get it. Uh, I have carried with my suit. Um, Honestly, when, when I was running the range in Boise, I wanted to have each day dedicated to a different style of clothing to carry so I could show customers. Honestly, maybe I should make some videos about that, about my interpretation or my recommendations of methods of carry in different styles of clothing. There are so many options out there. But for the love of Pete, don't just buy a holster because it's inexpensive and it, and it fits your gun, not understanding how that holster was designed and, and carrying it the wrong way. It took every fiber of my being as an instructor not to go talk to that guy, but I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. It's not something that I felt like really should have been done in public. Maybe I should have just said, hey, here's my number. If you ever need to spend time at the range, at some private classes, whatever, we could talk. I, I just didn't want to make him embarrassed or uncomfortable in that situation. Um, plus, I just wanted to enjoy a dinner with my wife. It doesn't happen very often when I just get to hang out with my wife um, and, and have a steak. So maybe that's something we need to hit a little bit deeper. Honestly, look at, at Nick's holsters, Hoftech holster. I know Nick is, yes, still part of the show. Um, jump on his website, hoftechindustries.com. Uh, you can look at Hoftech holster, whatever. Just Google it. You will find his company. Um, he's got so many, well, 
the biggest option now is is uh let's see the omni carry let's let's pop that open so we can let's uh <laughs> this is such good radio when you get to hear me click on the keyboard isn't it Okay, jump on there, hoftech.com. Okay. He's got his uh his holster that uh, will carry anything. It's called the Omni holster or the Omni carry. Okay, it fits like 250 guns. It's witchcraft. I don't know how he does it, but he did it. Okay. Um, I've had him on here, we've talked about it before. We're we're gonna talk about it more again. Um the options to carry, the methods of carry. This holster is awesome. Okay. I know there's been lots of holsters out there from other companies that have, have created this holster that uh, you just slide the gun in and it holds it. Whatever. Okay. I've, I've done sticky holsters. I've done in-pocket holsters. Anybody that spent time carrying has a bucket full of holsters somewhere. They understand. They get it. What Nick has done with this holster... It, I know it sounds like a sales pitch. I promise it's not. I've messed with this holster. Um, I have tested it in a bunch of different guns. In fact, I, I screwed up one day on a live. He didn't want me to say something, which I already did. And it was, uh, anyway, long story. It's been a while. It's freaking awesome. Okay, just go check it out. Hoftech.com. H-O-F-T-A-C.com. Hoftech Industries. Check out the Omnicarry. Um... It's got a little fit guide, a fit list on his website. You can check it out. Um, and you can say that Range Minded sent you. Um, it's awesome. Now, that gun is to be designed to be carried inside the waistband. Or that holster, I mean, is designed to carry inside the waistband. Check it out. Let's talk about let's talk about appendix carry a little bit. I know this is a horse that's been de- beaten to death many, many times over. Uh, let, well, let's let's jump back. Uh, let's jump back a little bit. Are you carrying with one in the tube? Are you carrying a loaded gun? Okay, some people have this massive boundary that they will not cross. They think they're going to have enough time to rack that slide to get one in the chamber, and 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 get shots off on target. And, and you maybe you practice at the range. You feel like, hey, I can get my holster or my gun clear the holster, racked and on target in under two seconds. Okay, that's great. It may only take a fraction of a second to rack that slide. But you need all the time you can in your favor. You are reacting to a situation. You are already at a deficit. You need as much in your favor as possible. Okay, you need fractions of seconds count. Now, there's something else that you got to consider too. If you've ever been involved in a fight or a traffic accident or whatever, when you have adrenaline pumping through your veins, you'll understand that you lose some dexterity, some function. You may not be thinking clearly. You're going to have tunnel vision. You're going to be focusing on a threat. 
you may not have the cognitive understanding to draw that whole that gun from the holster, rack that slide, and get it on target. There are several videos. There's one I'm thinking of. I didn't look it up because I just this is actually something I wasn't honestly planning on talking about in this far in depth, but there is a there is a, a video of a robbery of a of a jewelry store. I don't know if it's in India or somewhere. It might be in the United States. I don't I'm not for sure. But you see these thugs come into the jewelry store. The owner or guy working the counter at the jewelry store is carrying a gun. These thugs are out there. They start busting caps in this in this jewelry store. Well, you see the employer, owner, or whatever, jewelry store guy, he draws his gun. It looks like a 1911. could be something else. It's been a while since I've seen this video, so I, I can't say for 100%. But I do remember this. He pulls his gun out. You can see him mashing on the trigger. He thinks he is firing his gun. You can see it over and over and over again. The gun was not loaded. Whether it didn't have a magazine... Obviously, it didn't have one in the chamber because the gun never fired. From what I remember, he lost his life. There's heavy consequences by not training, either training that empty gun to death. I understand the Israelis carry that way. You want to be cool like the IDF guys, that's fine. But you need to be training with your holster draw as you remove that gun, as you're clear in plastic, that you're racking the slide and you're getting that gun on target. You have to train that at nauseum over and over again. Plus, you need to be firing that gun as part of your draw stroke to making sure that you're getting hits where they need to be. Or, hear me out, or you carry a loaded gun in your holster so that you know when you have to use your life-saving device, it is ready. I understand that people freak out that they're carrying their, their Glock 43, there's one in the tube, and there's no external safety. I promise you, I have carried my 43 for many years. I have not shot off my junk. Okay? I understand there may be malfunctions. Make sure you're maintaining and inspecting your carry gun often. Make sure you fire your carry gun often so you know that it works and is functioning properly. Once you are confident in the integrity of your carry gun, put one in the tube and carry like a man. You need all the time you can get in your favor. I remember working the counter. I was wearing my 1911. And for you guys that carry 1911s, Maybe you understand this. You have to carry one in the tube. Hammer back, safety on. That is the right way to carry your 1911. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I remember working the gun counter. 
1911 locked cocked ready to rock and this old fud f-u-d-d for you hard of hearing began to lecture me on not carrying my 1911 correctly that's bullshit carry one in the tube you need to get the confidence of carrying a loaded gun when that gun comes out of my safe i rack the slide i put one in the chamber it goes in its holster and i carry it that way when i'm done for the day i remove my gun from my holster it's emptied it goes back in the safe If I am carrying a gun, I'm carrying it loaded. Otherwise, it's just an expensive conversation piece. Maybe a bludgeon instrument. It's almost worthless. Now, I understand you guys may not may not agree with me on this. But there are many that do because they understand that principle. Please, if you are carrying a gun... Carry with confidence, get right training, get good training. I don't know where right training came from. Get the good training. Spend time with your carry gun. Understand the function, the feel, the integrity. Carry it with confidence with one in the pipe. Loaded. Reduce the time of reaction. It could save your life. You guys, you guys like that lecture? Okay, let's let's move on, shall we? All right, welcome back to the show. <clears throat> so let's get off that old holster carry thing, shall we? Let's move on to the next story. I again, you people are freaking amazing. I love you guys. You guys are so awesome. Why do I say that? Well, there's a news story that came out from, uh, what is this, NBC News. I just came across this uh, earlier today. It's awesome. Let me let me just say it is absolutely awesome. Now, I know NBC, not really the bastions of, uh, of, of uh, constitutional freedoms, gun rights, that kind of thing. I understand that. I get that. And I actually think this story was meant to scare people. But it doesn't. It makes me smile. Uh, let's just, I'm going to just read the article. Uh, there's a lot in there. Uh, just because I, when I read it earlier, I just, let's, let's just say this. After the whole monologue about holster carry stuff, <clears throat> I, uh, I kind of forgot. You know, what was really stuff I wanted to highlight is gone. So we're just we're just going to read through the article. I promise it's not that long. I'm going to do my best to read it. I understand it. It's not completely early for me. I've been kind of at this for a couple hours. Um, the stuff that you get to hear is uh, is just a small portion of the reality of creating this show. It is what it is. Anyways, this is again by <clears throat> NBC News. Poll. Gun ownership reaches record high with American electorate. Oh. I love the sound of that. We could bring these these numbers up, folks. They need to skyrocket. A record share of voters in the NBC News' NBC News latest poll 
say that there are uh, they or someone in their household owns a gun. Again, I know this story is written in a way to make it sound scary, and uh, we're just going to see more violence on the street because these gun owners. There's just so many more of them. Uh, let me read through the article. More than should I read it, read it in my my newscaster voice? I'll do my best. More than half of American voters, 52%, say they or someone in their household owns a gun, per the latest NBC News national poll. That's the highest share of voters who say that they or someone in their household owns a gun in the history of the NBC News poll on a question dating back clear to 1999. In 2019, 46% of Americans say that they or someone in their household owned a gun, per an NBC News slash Wall Street, Wall Street Journal poll. And in February of 2013, that share was at 42%. But that almost sounded like uh, Casey Kasem. You guys remember Casey Kasem? But I digress. Let's continue with the story. Do you guys like the news, the news reader voice, the news, the anchor man voice? Again, from the article, this is a quote from uh, Micah Roberts. In the last 10 years, we've grown 10 points in gun ownership. That's a very stunning number, says Micah Roberts of the Public Opinion Strategies, a Republican polling firm that co-conducted the poll with members of the Democrat polling firm Heart Research. By and large, things don't change that dramatically that quickly when it comes to something as fundamental as whether you own a gun, Roberts said. Gun ownership does fall along partisan lines, as it has for years, the poll finds. Okay, now, I'm going to link this article in the show notes. Uh, they do have some interesting bar graphs that, the, <clears throat> that they published in this article as well. And I know you'll get to read them. You'll get to look at them. Please look at them so you are armed with the information. But I'm only going to look at two of the criteria. We're going to go some inclusio for you people that understand what that means. We're going to look at the very beginning of this uh, when they started conducting this poll, which is in 2004. And then we're going to look at the latest information, uh, again, that was conducted this month, November of, of 2023. All right. So in March of 2004, there was uh, 57% of registered Republicans say that they or someone in their home owns a gun. Uh, that co correlates with uh, 41% of independents and only 33% of Democrats. Probably, I'm probably leaning, sorry, I'm, I'm probably leaning so far away from the mic, I'm not getting good sound. Let me get closer. So I sound like NPR. Uh, again, 57% of Republicans polled say they or someone in their home owns a gun. That was in 2004. Now let's jump all the way back, or all the way to, excuse me, 2023 uh in the latest poll it says that 66 percent 60 sorry that made me think of uh great outdoors wonderful movie need to watch it 66 percent of uh registered republicans say that someone or they or someone in their home owns a gun as compared to 57 percent in 2004 now this is where i like this 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 is where i think I think Democrats should be a little concerned. In 04, 33% of Democrats said that they owned a gun or they or someone in their home. But current numbers is at 41%. 41%. 41%. 41%. 41%. 
that's awesome. <laughs> that is that is way awesome, might I add. Uh, again, back to the article. This month, 66% of Republican voters, voters surveyed. Oh, I'm, I got to go back to the reporter voice. This month, 66% of Republican voters surveyed say that they or someone in their household owns a gun, while just 45% of independents and 41% of Democrats say the same. In 2004, the March NBC News slash Wall Street Journal poll found 57% of Republicans said that they or someone in their home, their household owns a gun, while just 41% of independents and 33% of Democrats said the same. White voters, again, this is with the article, white voters tend to own guns at a higher rates than black or Latino voters, but gun ownership rates among black voters have jumped in recent years. Now, <clears throat> I don't remember the number of the episode that we did, but we talked about minorities purchasing guns. Uh, and it has come up dramatically over the last few years. Dramatically. Uh, we're at record number of background checks. Uh, we talked about that a couple of episodes ago where we were like, what, 20 million background checks? Um, or uh, No, sorry, 1 million background checks, I think of what it was, in October. A million background checks. Now, I wanted you to understand when it comes to background checks, that doesn't mean a million guns sold. Because you can put more than one gun on a forty-four seventy-three. Just be mindful of that. Millions. Okay. A huge percentage of those background checks are for gun owners who are minorities and women. It is the future of our Second Amendment. It is the next generation of stewards of the Second Amendment are minorities and women. And also, a lot of these folks are young. Like, they're the young generation buying these guns. Do you think Democrats might be a little concerned? I think they will be. Again, this article is meant to be negative. But what it's doing is it's shedding light on how many people, Americans, not Democrats, Republicans, but Americans, the percentage of gun ownership is skyrocketing because they know that in these Democrat-run cities where they've defunded police, where response time is ridiculous, that us gun owners are the immediate responders, not the first responders. We are the immediate responders to our life-saving situations. Anyway, back to the story. I'll, I'll do the newscaster voice again. <clears throat> in August of 2019, 53% of white voters said that they or someone in their household owned a gun, and 24% of black voters said the same. This month, 56% of white voters report that they or someone in their household owns a gun, and 41% of black voters said the same. A 17-point increase among that group in just four years. I love those numbers. They're still too low. I, I think, honestly, I know when I get pollsters calling me, I don't even answer this stupid poll. At least not honestly. I think these numbers are probably lower than what they really are. 
<coughs> switch to filters. Uh, back to the story. The NBC News poll also measured voters' attitudes about gun rights. Okay, I want you to listen to the verbiage used in this because I think there is a twist in what they are reporting here, in my opinion. Almost half, 48%, say that they are more concerned that the government will not do enough to regulate access to firearms versus 47% who believe the government will go too far in restricting gun rights. Okay, now I want you to I want you to hear the nuance that I hear in this statement. Okay, 48% say that their government is not doing enough to regulate access where the 47% believe that the government has gone or will go too far in restricting gun rights. Now, I know maybe this doesn't exist. Maybe this nuance is not here. But what I read is there is a difference between regulating access to firearms compared to restricting gun rights. Okay? But am I just a looney tune here? To me, when you regulate access, you're talking about universal background checks. You're talking about red flag laws. That is restricting access to people that already have access to in some way, shape, or form. While 47% believe that the government is going too far in restricting gun rights, which is, in my opinion, accurate, right? We're, that we're talking about fighting well right now the supreme court and federal courts district courts are, are dealing with this right now magazine bans uh pistol brace bans we're gonna see bump stock stuff hitting the supreme court at some point uh force reset trigger stuff like that is all restricting gun rights okay where the 48 percent is worried about access to these things the 47% says the government is going too far altogether. Okay, do you see what I'm trying to say there? Does that make any sense whatsoever? Now, other thing you need to see there, those numbers are virtually identical. This, uh, this poll has a plus or minus of 3.1%. Okay, these numbers are, for the sake of argument, the exact same. Split down the middle. That means that there are a lot of Democrats that are also worried that their gun rights are being restricted. Again, maybe I'm reading a little too much into this. All right, continued with this, uh, with this, uh, I promise this is the last little bit of the newsman voice. That one point different is consistent with the past results of this question over the past decade. That was it. That was the end of the story. The NBC News poll was conducted in November for, uh, 10th through the 14th. A thousand people were surveyed, hundred or 833 by cell phone, and the rest, who knows how. And again, it has a plus or minus of 3.1%. All right. Let's digest this story. Okay. This is a big deal. I know you guys don't think it's that big of a deal, but it is. Millions of background checks being conducted. A an increase in Democrat registered Democrat voters in gun ownership. Again, I think these numbers are extremely low on both Republican and Democrat side. Because I know as a conservative, it's none of anybody's business what I own or what's in the house. That's, that's none of your damn business. I'm not going to tell you that. 
And I imagine there's a lot of at least blue dog Democrats, if they even exist anymore, that are kind of the same way. Okay. Yes, gun ownership, believe it or not, whether you want to open your eyes to it or not, gun ownership crosses the aisle, Democrat, Republican. It's not a partisan issue. It is a, uh, an American issue. It is a freedom issue. Okay, it spans on both sides. Uh, I love that article. Again, I think NBC published that article to sound negative, to sound, uh, to create fear that uh, that, that we're going to see an uprising in shootings or whatever. I'm reading that into the article. That's not what the article says, obviously. But it's interesting to me. Very, very interesting. <sighs> so I'm a little bit frustrated. Uh, so I actually recorded the second half already once. I wasn't going to talk about this, but since uh, since I can't remember everything I said uh, in the, the first recording of the second half of this of this episode, uh, I, I get to do it all over again. So I got to remember what I said. I don't write much down when I when it comes to this show. Honestly, this show, the show notes are two lines. <laughs> talk about the dude at the restaurant carrying his gun talk about this article uh oh yeah i remember what was what i was going to bring up there is a huge constitutional fight currently in uh going on across the country federal courts district courts supreme court okay there's uh, uh, there's a lot going on uh there are some amazing things happening that are pro-gun amazing things happening um just today, actually, the 21st of November, uh, the I think it was the Oregon magazine ban. Boo, the, 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 the judge like, you can't do this, Oregon. Stop. It's done. You're not enforcing it. It's dead. Fantastic news. What that says is to the other states that are kind of doing the same thing, Washington, California, <coughs> excuse me, and other states across the country, that sets a precedent. And yeah, that's... That's, that's going to be a thing. Great news. Great news. Um, with with the, the Bruin decision, um, it's, uh, it's changed. It's changed the landscape of how judges are to read and understand and interpret the Constitution as related to the law. Really what Bruin did is it clarified Heller. Now, we've, I think we've talked about both those cases in the past. I know we've talked about Heller. I'm pretty sure we talked about Bruin. Um, you think I would know what I talk about when I create these episodes. <laughs> you think I'd be a professional by now. There's a lot going on. I guess what it boils down to is there's so much happening in the courts. Uh, there was a vacate, a vacate, is that word? Yeah. On the, on the pistol brace thing, which is great. I, I think that's only going to be temporary because the feds are going to come up with this whole other issue that it's, it's just going to cause, you know, more things. And it's going to go get tied up in the courts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Supreme Court has a hearing on bump stocks. You know my opinion on bump stocks. I think they're stupid. But I think you have a right to own one. Unregulated, by the way. Uh, we're seeing things like in Texas where um, suppressors, 
at least at least in the state of Texas, suppressors have a legitimate chance of be taking of taken off the NFA. I honestly think that the NFA is at risk of being just gone altogether. That's a good thing. Uh, I think we should be able to own suppressors. They're not scary. They don't make the gun more accurate. It's not a perfectly silent gun for some of you that might be new to the to the world of firearms. It is not like a movie. It doesn't exist. Now, there are some guns in certain calibers with a suppressor that are astoundingly quiet. Um, and that makes them more fun to shoot, quite honestly. Those, they're, they're not being used in crime. They're not particularly dangerous. They're definitely not unusual, which let's talk about that here in just a second, the difference between unusual and dangerous and how the feds are trying to use those phrases in a certain way to, to take our rights away. But between that and and AR pistols compared to SBRs, compared to full-length AR rifles, or any rifle for that matter, th- I think all these, these ideas are in jeopardy with the current makeup of the Supreme Court, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I, I see the potential of f- freedom leaning in the favor of citizens. Uh, let's talk about unusual and and dangerous. Okay, I think that's... Uh, so there's the feds like to say, I think it was in, might've been in the Bruin case, could have been in Heller, talks about unusual and dangerous, right? When it comes to, to looking at weapons, I hate that term, but firearms, right? Let's, let's say firearms. There, we have, according to Heller, we need to, the courts, not we, the courts need to be understanding and looking at each individual weapon as unusual and dangerous. That's the that's the phrase used. Okay, unusual and dangerous. But the feds change that phrase up to unusual or dangerous. Can you see the difference there of unusual and dangerous compared to unusual or dangerous? When it comes to taking our rights away, they want to say that pistols, AR pistols or suppressors or whatever, if they're unusual or dangerous, no, that's a bigger net to cast out that has to meet one or the other or both, unusual or dangerous, then they're unsafe for, for public use. Where Heller and Bruin say unusual and dangerous. Or sorry, flip that, other way around. That they have to be, Heller says unusual or dangerous. Just one of those things have to be met. Uh, no, gosh, I had to write the first time. I'm tired. All right, leave me alone. Unusual and dangerous. There's two criteria that have to be met where the government says they only have to meet one, either unusual or dangerous. Okay? One or the other. There's nuance there. There, The words matter. Okay? Now let's talk about SBRs. There's somewhere around 500,000 registered uh, SBRs or more. And in... uh, Caetano, I think it was, when they ruled about uh, what facilitates unusual. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, there's a number set that if they're past that number, number, they're no longer unusual. I think the number set in Katana was 200,000. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was 20,000. I can't remember what it was for sure. It's been a while since I looked at that, that ruling. Now, there are over 500,000 registered SPRs under the NFA. That, that's more than double. If it's two, the 200,000 threshold, that's more than double for unusual. Now let's look at AR pistols. We know that uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of between 10 and 40 million uh, AR pistols are in existence. Or, or any kind of like pistol configuration, I guess. That's a lot. That is that far supersedes the number, the threshold of unusual. So what's the difference? Just a question here. Why Why would we have to worry about, okay, AR pistols are cool as long as it doesn't have a shoulder brace. Uh, AR, AR pistols are cool as, uh, as long as they have that. Regular full-length rifles, yep, they're cool. But that gray area between where the barrel might be shorter than 16 inches, suddenly that's dangerous and unusual. What's, what's the difference, right? There is no difference. That's the problem with the NFA. That's the problem with the SBRs. And that's why I think the Supreme Court has the, the wherewithal and the standing to say, all right, these are in existence. They're never used in crime statistically. Let's just take them off the NFA. And while we're at it, let's get rid of suppressors because the Hearing Protection Act matters. I know that's stretching. That would be great if it happened. I don't know if it will. Probably won't. But I could see that there is an avenue for the Supreme Court to make it so. Honestly, I think, you know, stuff should be legal when it comes to that. Anyways, I think the inhibitor should be cost, not the not the ATF. Uh, I don't remember the name of the case, but um, it was with the EPA and those people in Maine or wherever it was. Uh, no, it was in Idaho. Yeah, it was up in Priest Lake or some, somewhere in Idaho, I think, where the EPA came in and said, well, you can't do this, 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 and this. We make the rules. This is the law. That's it. Well, guess what? The Fed said, or the Supreme Court said, as an agency, you cannot make and enforce those laws. That's not your job. It is Congress's job to make law. And so it slapped the hand of the EPA. That creates precedent for the Supreme Court to slap the hands of the ATF and put them back in check. Good things are happening in the courts, my friend. I was actually going to talk about some other stuff that's happening in the Supreme Courts and the district courts. There are a lot of really amazing pro two-way things happening. Pro-freedom is really what I should say. Pro-freedom laws and, and rulings, sorry, rulings happening uh, at, at the court level. Fabulous, fabulous things happening. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them tonight, but there's some amazing things happening. Um, can I shift gears a little bit? So Thanksgiving is right, literally right around the corner. Uh, again, I'm recording this show on, was it Tuesday night, the 21st of November? Uh, Thanksgiving is literally just a couple days away. Where in the hell did this year go? Am I the only one that feels that way? Like what happened? What I swear I blink and the and the year's gone. I'm turning into an old person, guys. This is the problem. 
back in my day. Have you guys uh, have you guys looked at Black uh, Black Friday sales at your local gun stores? Are there things you're looking at buying? Are there uh, accessories like one of my local gun stores here in Idaho Falls? Fabulous, fabulous things happening. They're going to pay the tax stamp if you buy the suppressor on Black Friday. They're going to pay the tax stamp. Mm, I wish I had some money to buy a can right now. Freaking awesome. I, I, I know there's good deals to be had, whether it's ammo, whether it's firearms, accessories, optics. Take advantage of Black Friday, my friends. Take advantage of it. If you got the money, do it. I know Independence there in Meridian over in the Boise Valley there where I used to used to work and spend a lot more time. I guess I still work there. I, I teach there still. But when I spent a lot of time at the counter, I know I was looking at their Black Friday. They have classes on sale. I um, anywhere that's worth their salt is going to have some good deals. Take advantage of those deals. I'm excited for whatever you guys are going to buy. It's a good time to buy. Let's bring up those numbers that NBC is so worried about. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. It's America, damn it. What about this? Have you considered? Did you guys? Uh, did you guys see that video? Of the cop, I don't remember where it was, uh, but it was a video of a, a cop and this dude in an altercation. They were wrestling around on the ground. <clears throat> uh, it looked like the cop was didn't know how to control the situation. In my opinion, I don't have all the info, but just at the glance of the video, it looked like the cop was kind of out of his league when it came to uh, any kind of ground control. Uh, so he ended up shooting the guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure the dude died. Uh, it did not look like a clean shoot to me, but I don't have all the information. Um, but it made me think. Are part of your New Year's resolution goals uh, adding some tools to that toolbox? The gun should be the last resort. I only got a couple minutes left. I got to make this quick. The, the gun should be the last resort. You should be utilizing other tools in the toolbox for your life-saving tool, I guess. <laughs> How many times am I going to say tool? You should know joint locks. You should probably know some grappling. I would highly recommend it. Jiu-jitsu is a blast. I need to get back to the jiu-jitsu gym. What about a kubaton? Pepper spray? What about learning how to verbalize things in a way to de-escalate the situation. There's a great video you need to look at. It's got some language, mind you. I'm just going to put that caveat out there. Uh, I, just YouTube, uh, I think it's Verbal Jiu-Jitsu. Totally awesome. That guy talks about de-escalating de situations, like in, in this situation, it was like at a bar or something. Talks about just unwinding it, okay? Check it out. Also, are, are you traveling for Thanksgiving? Are people coming to see you? What's your plans for taking people shooting? Are you going to go to the range? Are you going to go outside and shoot some clays? Are you willing to have a conversation about the Second Amendment with uh, family members that may not quite see eye to eye? Not an argument. Don't argue. That's totally worthless. But have a conversation. It's worth it, guys. Anyways, I love you guys. I'm going to bring the show to an end. Make sure you have an awesome Thanksgiving. 
eat some turkey, eat some stuffing, do my favorite thing and eat lots of pumpkin pie. That's really only the reason I like Thanksgiving. It's worth it. Create memories. Be safe, you guys. Be good stewards of the second. And by gosh, take somebody shooting. Peace out. As always, we appreciate your time listening with us at the Range Minded Podcast. Uh, You guys are super valuable to us. Why don't you share that love back by liking us, commenting on our posts, and sharing us with your friends. Whatever you do to your favorite podcasts, because we are really honestly way cooler than they are anyways. Don't forget, our website is up and live, rangemindedpodcast.com. There you can link on our all of our social platforms, uh, and, uh, and you can drop us a, a comment there. Dude, we would love to hear from you. Anyways, guys, thank you again. Stay safe, and by far, it is time to take somebody shooting. Peace out. Range is hot.